0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hooter Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly to go over Indiana's 20-16 to 16 win over the Virginia Cavaliers on a awful, awful rainy night in Bloomington on Saturday. Uh, so before we get going, uh, just to keep people updated, uh, we are... Still doing bingo. We need people's winners to stand to uh, send in their bingo cards so we could get your raffle uh, ticket entries. Anyway, we'll have bingo back for week three this week, uh, presented by Vintage Brand Sports. They got to have some cool stuff. I, I know the holidays are a little bit ways away, but uh, check it out. If you need gifts for people, uh, head over there and get some cool vintage sports stuff. They have more than IU stuff. They have pubs all that stuff. But right now, we're going to get back to talking uh, Indiana. We're going to wrap up the Virginia game uh, before we head into uh, Ball State. Right now, we welcome in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you doing?
1: So well, yeah. It's uh, good to have the Hoosiers sitting at 2-0. I know it was not, uh, not a particularly um, pretty game by any means, which we certainly expected uh, with the uh, – rainstorm that just settled all over the Midwest uh, for the entirety of the weekend. Um, so I think we probably got a game that was just about what we expected, given the weather uh, in Indiana, the difference from this one and then past iterations of games like it. So Indiana managed to hold on and win this one. And, uh, it certainly seemed like the wheels were coming off there for a little while. I didn't watch the
0: game live uh, all that much. I was at a, my cousin's wedding. And I couldn't be a rude guest. And I, I just want to give a shout out also to the rest of our team, TJ. I thought uh, Laura Lee, Shallow, Ronnie Kine, Nathan who, Nathan, who actually sat in the stands the entire game in the rain. Um, I think they did an awesome job this week, and I appreciate them stepping up uh, last week for and uh, helping me so I could spend time with my family at uh, my cousin's wedding. Anyway, it was exactly, going back and watching it, it it looked, it probably was worse in person than it looked on TV, and it looked pretty bad on TV. Uh, the field held up great, uh, and I, I think this was a just a surviving advance game for Indiana from, from the way the play calling went in the second half. Um, they held on to the ball for the most part, other than that one interception, nope. Running backs put the ball on the ground. That's something that Indiana needs to be proud of. They, they created a fumble on, on special teams that led to a touchdown that turned the game around. Uh, but this is a win you could hang your hat on that, TJ, I texted you after the game. That's a game IU probably usually loses uh, in, in the past. And, no you know, they talk, okay. about, they, yep. they talk about finishing, and IU finished that game while it got a little dicey there at the end. Uh, that's too. When they did a play that was the game, then, you know, it's better than than sitting at zero and two going into week three.
1: Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I think that uh, Indiana has a lot of things to shore up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, it's much better to have to focus on what needs improved while you're also winning. Uh, and Indiana was able to do that. I thought the defense, um, after getting gashed that first drive, I thought that they held up very well, uh, did a really nice job against Jordan Ellis. He really could not get anything going, uh, particularly in comparison with Stevie Scott. Uh, Bryce Perkins, um, he hurt Indiana a little bit with his legs, uh, but I thought overall uh, IU did a nice job there. And then really uh, he was ineffective as a passer for the most part. Uh, Virginia really didn't test it much. um, And I'm sure part of that was related to the weather. Uh, The second half, they did open up a little bit because they were forced to uh, trailing, but um, you know, overall, I thought that IU uh, did what they had to do to win uh, that last drive. You know, was certainly nerve-wracking as uh, you know it seemed like Indiana had left the door open just enough uh, to let Virginia, you know, sting them at the end. And we've seen that play out so many times before uh, as IU football fans. But this time, uh, the defense was able to to get the stop. It looked like. They had one uh, forcing Virginia into a couple of third downs and into a fourth down and then into another fourth down that, uh, you know, had Raheem Lane get the interception uh, and run the clock out, which was nice. I mean, that took about 15 seconds, but them running around and and getting the clock to zero, that was good. of course, it resulted in one untimed down because of the pass interference. Uh, But Indiana was able to... uh, to have that fall harmlessly incomplete. So um, certainly I think what you're looking at is the major positives would be the running game uh, without Cole guest and without Morgan Ellison guests for the whole year. Ellison still indefinitely uh, as the university investigation continues. Um, again, you know, we'll repeat. Nobody knows uh, what's going to happen with the Morgan S- Ellison situation We just have to assume that IU's not going to have him this season. Uh, If they get him back for any games, um, that's a positive uh, on the field, but uh, I think we have to operate under the assumption that uh, Ellison will not be playing for the Hoosiers this season. So that leaves you uh, with a lot of questions at running back, and and Stevie Scott provided one huge answer, went for 200-plus, and I thought, Um, showed really good patience as a runner uh, good elusiveness Uh, he did a really nice job of constantly falling forward turning you know a three-yard gain into a five-yard gain because he just moves forward Uh, very north and south runner um, but also showing patience to find the holes and letting them develop kudos to the offensive line Uh, it was not a tremendous performance from him as he's number one but uh, we knew that the the rotation there was tightened in week two, and it did. And uh, I thought that they played very well uh, in run protection. Okay, in pass protection, could certainly get better there. Um, I thought that you know it's very hard to evaluate the passing game. Uh, the receivers, in my opinion, did a nice job when they were given a chance to make plays. They did, uh, which. The same could not be said for Virginia's receivers, who had a couple drops. Indiana's did not, and that's a big positive. Donovan Hale, of course, making plays again is a positive. Um, yeah, for Peyton Ramsey, it's hard to evaluate. I mean, the uh, you know, we know the arm strength is, is the, the big question mark with him, and that just gets magnified uh, when the ball gets weighed down and, and wet, as it certainly was. Um, so it's hard to say. Um, uh, I know that that's a position that I, I would anticipate uh, Michael Penix gets some snaps on Saturday against Ball State, not because I think Indiana's going to just torch Ball State, but because I, I think um, I think it's something that the staff needs to look at before we get into Big Ten play uh to how they're going to handle that. Can Indiana reach its full potential with Ramsey at quarterback? That's a question that has yet to be answered. Uh, It probably won't be answered for quite some time. But um, overall, you know, good enough from the offense, and I thought the defense um, showed a step forward in week number two. Uh, I know that there were still some issues there with uh, some misgaps that allowed Bryce Perkins to find find some running room and a couple of broken coverages that a better quarterback would have hurt Indiana with. But uh, overall, I think IU certainly has a lot to be proud of getting out of there at 2-0 and moving on. I don't know how much you can take from it in terms of uh, what certain guys look like because the conditions were so uh, difficult. Uh, But I, I think Indiana just has to be pleased that they were able to tough it out and get a win over a team that, honestly, I think Virginia probably finds themselves right around six wins. Uh, this season, I think that um, that's a pretty pretty decent football team that Indiana found a way to beat. And now you you look back uh, after these two weeks, you say, well, you know we're two and zero, and we've beaten back to back teams that uh, went to bowl games in in 2017. Um, I know that neither of those opponents are great, uh, but I think they're both pretty solid. And for Indiana to beat both of them uh, and and be two and zero at this point in the season is is a uh, you know, a really good, solid start for Tom Allen's second year.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you on all those points. There, there are concerns coming out of this game. My main concern is uh, is special teams on on yeah. field goal protection. They had two kicks blocked. They false started on the extra point that was blocked. Uh, the point before that would have probably would have would have prevented it. Uh, that led to two points. Uh, the blocked field goal late in the game that. That would have made it a touchdown game and, and made it more comfortable. Uh, the drive after that, Virginia goes down and scores and make it a, a four uh, makes it a four point game um, instead of a, it was a ten point nine point swing there. It's those are the little things that in 2016 really made special teams a liability uh, with the kicking game. Now, on the bright side. That was some. Those were some tough conditions. The snap was there. The hold was there. It was just the, the protection wasn't there. Hayden Whitehead did a phenomenal job. His net average took a hit, but that's because they kept punting from the 34-yard line, and, and he put four inside the 20. Uh, he, he did really, yeah. really well. The kickoffs, there, there were no big returns. Kickoff coverage is fine. Forced a fumble uh, that led to a... Uh, an IU touchdown as well. And another concern for me, I, I thought the defense played well. Um, nine tackles for loss was great. And fans keep telling me, you know, I, I keep getting these messages on Twitter. Wow. The defense didn't, well, everybody thought that Bryce Perkins, the next coming of Michael Vick uh, coming into this game, uh, or, or Robinson or something like that. And they held Virginia to 14 points, uh, offensive points. Seven, in you know over the last forty minutes or so, and so that defense that they grew up a lot. They played a lot of, a lot of, a lot of young guys. Do they need to clean some stuff up, like you said, TJ. Yeah, Do they need probably to get a pass rush better. Yes, uh, and they'll get tested this week uh, against Ball State. But offensively, I thought they, I, I thought they would run the ball a little bit more, uh, especially late in the game. Watching bits and pieces of it live, it was like. Every big play came with a run. Then they would pass it, and uh, they ended up stalling out, you know, before they got to, to the red zone, uh, things like that. I didn't think the game plan was that it was bad. I didn't think the play calling was that bad. It was just, you know, go, run the ball. He, he, Stevie Scott had had himself a day. Uh, one thing that they do need to do, they need to open up this running back rotation. Uh Deebo Scott yeah, was the only running correct. back to touch, touch the ball. IU didn't target Wap Fillier all that much. Uh, I don't think he had a target at all. They didn't get him on jet sweep, so I don't know what that was about. Uh, it, it's you got to get you, know, you got to get uh, you know maybe Ricky Brookins, Ronnie Walker, those guys some touches just to take the load off of the true freshman. Now he's built like a house, and his legs are very solid, but. Uh, if you're running Stevie Scott 31 times a game you just cross your fingers and hope he lasts the entire season especially when he hit the big 10 yeah but overall good win awful conditions Tom Allen made he avoided a not top 10 putt. I'll tell you that uh coming off the field celebrating kicking the trash can uh all I could think of is him slipping on that it's rubberized track. and If anybody's run on one of those old-school rubberized tracks in the rain, it is like a skating rink. Uh, And so, you know, he was pumped up, thanking the students for staying. A big shout-out to to the IU students who stayed and and went to the game and puffed it out in the rain. Uh, But, yeah, Tom Allen, I I thought he was going to fall on his butt at rear end. But that was very cool. He ended up, you know, picking up the trash uh, Sunday morning at 6 a.m., uh, after he realized that he that he kicked the trash can over. Uh, but a very cool moment. Let's move on to, to Ball State, TJ. This is a series that has, yeah. I hesitate to call it a rivalry, but it is. Uh, it's turning into one because Ball State has been competitive. Ball State coming into the game has won three in the last four meetings. They've won three in a row prior to IU's win in 2016. They're always a tough team coming into Bloomington. Uh, they're going to play with a uh, chip on their shoulder. They've got a couple nice players on offense, Riley Neal and James Gilbert, and uh, some speedy wide receivers. They they gave uh, Notre Dame a run for their money up in South Bend, although that that game was not as close as the score indicated, twenty four sixteen, but Ball State scored ten points in the in the fourth quarter to make it that close after. No game looked like they took their uh, foot off the gas. Three turnovers, uh, takeaways, for force, three interceptions. Uh, that's something that IU is going to have to, uh, it's going to have to figure out. Um, you know, Peyton Ramsey probably should have thrown more than one pick against Virginia. He played well. He did, including sixteen to twenty-two passes. Uh, that's very impressive in, in that weather. But there were a couple passes that probably should have been picked off, a swing pass in the flat that if the guy catches, it's a touchdown the other way unless he trips over the receiver and a couple other balls where if he had a little bit more zip on it, the receiver it gets there a little faster and the defender can't make a play on it. So, yeah, I'd expect to see Mike Penix this weekend as well. So we'll see. Game kicks off at noon. It's on Big Ten Network. And, and, we'll you know, we'll see. I, I think Ball State coming in, uh, talk about their offense, DJ. It's led by Riley Neal. But last year, Ball State was absolutely dreadful. They went 2-10. and 10. But what people don't realize is, though, after game three, they lost Riley Neal, James Gilbert. Um, a whole, like seven starters went out for the season uh, in the first half. And then it just all went downhill from there. I resulted in a 2 10 season. This team is much more talented than that. Uh, they're going to be tougher. Riley Neal is, is a big NFL um, bodied quarterback. He has a strong arm. Tom Allen said he's probably the most complete complete quarterback they've faced to, to date this season. Uh, he, he can sling it around. They've got some, some fast receivers as well who are going to cause problems on, on these short. Short passes in uh, Justin Hall. He's a sophomore from Georgia. He's got speed. Uh, Riley Miller is, is a, a bigger receiver at one. And then you have James. The, the, the running backs are, are pretty good as well. James Gilbert uh, out of Indianapolis. Uh, Caleb Huntley and Malik Dunnard. They, they ran for over 300 yards combined against Central Connecticut in their opener. They put up 166 on Notre Dame who's supposed to be a stout defense, uh, this is going to be a, a dogfight um, and, and more than people expected. Their line has some good size. Uh, you know, they go 6'4", 284, 6'4", 300, 6'3", 280, 6'5", 305, and 6'4", 295. So they're, they're, they're a tough team, uh, and we'll see what they, they have to do. But to me, IU's going to have to stop their running game they based a lot of their pass off of that running success. And, um, you know, this is a game where you feel good about your Virginia win. You've got a big primetime game with Michigan State coming up the following week. It's kind of a trap game. And Ball State's got to be feeling pretty decent about themselves coming, coming out of South Bend, uh, covering that spread, and really had a chance to, to – do some damage up there if they didn't uh, get help field goals in the red zone.
1: Well, it's interesting because I, you know, reading a lot of the uh, Notre Dame fan reaction um, on kind of their SB Nation fan site, a couple of other sites, uh, their fans, of course, you know, felt like Notre Dame. Uh, Really did not play well at all. Uh, not surprising, of course, when you're you know closer than you expect to be against a, an opponent that you think you're going to hammer. Um, and coming off but, a big
0: win against Michigan, too.
1: Yes, yeah, I I, I think there is something to that. I, it, look, Notre Dame's players. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure. Uh, we're not all that focused on what the Ball State Cardinals were going to present. Uh, that doesn't mean that they didn't try it. It doesn't mean that Ball State you know, doesn't deserve a lot of credit for uh, giving Notre Dame much more of a game than what they expected. But I do think that that has to be taken into consideration uh, when doing an evaluation of the Cardinals. A couple things that stood out to me, uh, Riley Neal... Uh, so far this season, he's completing just 57.5% of his passes. That's not terrible, but his yards per attempt is only 5.5. So he's he's only attempting an average of 5.5 yards a pass attempt and still only completing 57.5%. Uh, that's, that's just not very good. And against a pretty good IU secondary, uh, or at least what they've shown to be so far, a pretty good IU secondary, um, That could present some issues for Ball State, and it's an opportunity for the IU defense, I think. Uh, Now, I think the running game, uh, Riley Neal is not going to present the same type of mobile threat that Bryce Perkins did. Uh, I think he'd probably, you know, much more the legs of, say, a a James Morgan from Ford International. Uh, He's on a statue back there, but uh, he's not going to beat you with his legs. so that's a plus for Indiana's defense. But I think that uh, the challenge you'll get is with that kind of one-two punch of uh, James Gilbert and Caleb Huntley, both of them uh, for averaging, you know, over a five-yard carry. So uh, that's going to be more of a challenge. Now, I think Indiana's offense uh, on the other side, I, you know, Ball State's defense was, as you said, they had a bunch of injuries last season. So they're better than what those numbers indicate. However, uh, Notre Dame, which I do not think has a particularly good offense, I think that they're they're better than average, but I don't think they're great. Particularly Brandon Wimbush, he threw for almost 300 yards. Yes, he had three interceptions. That's a, a you know a feather in Ball State's cap, but still, that's a guy that uh, is not a very good thrower, and he put up almost 300 yards. So for me, the opportunity is going to be there for Indiana's receivers to have a nice day if IU chooses to go that way. Uh, I hope to see the Hoosiers try to take advantage of that because um, I don't think there's many secondaries that uh, can match up with the size of Indiana's receivers on a consistent down-to-down basis. Uh, With Donovan Hale playing the way that he is, uh, and and Nick Westbrook and Luke Timian as well, that size it's a real matchup problem for defenses uh, and if you yeah. have a consistent threat with Stevie Scott it, it allows I mean it you know forces teams to focus on the run as well as the pass. so I'm looking to see does Indiana's offense open it up a little bit let let those receivers uh, kind of take this game over with um, what I think is a well paid secondary to Kind of there for the taking if you can make them pay for uh, for mistakes that are made. Or honestly, maybe not just even mistakes, maybe just I use guys being bigger, faster, stronger than the Ball State secondary. Uh, and if I aggressive with that, I think that that's a spot where they can really make hay.
0: Yeah, and we love that Ty Roy Vogel there with that group too. He's had an excellent season that's so true. far and kind Very of a true. guy that people forgot about last year. Uh, with Wap Dillier coming in and, and making some noise and uh, Freyfogle missing most of the year. But he's been a, a really nice uh, third, second, third option for Peyton Ramsey. He's made some big catches on third down. Uh, so Ty Freyfogle is another guy that you can lean on. Uh, you saw Austin Doris get his first career catch. Now, I, I will he did – not gain a yard, he got negative one yards, but he finally got that monkey off his back, uh, getting that first catch, and they're involving the tight ends more and once you, if this offense hasn't really hit its stride in terms of doing everything that they can, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the weather last week. but if you could get clicking on all cylinders, uh, this offense is going to be be pretty well, and they were close to all cylinders uh, in, in game one but if they could get more explosive plays, I think he, you have to play Penix. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Ramsey. He's a winner. He's a tough kid, a great leader, but he needs to... It's He's going to get hurt by the lack of zip on his ball uh, where Michael Penix, saw, you saw him put the ball where players needed it at the speed that they needed it to make plays in the open field, uh, where... The receiver with Ramsey is waiting for the ball, and a, and sometimes that allows that defender to come up, make a play, uh, either knock down, knock the ball down, or intercept it. So I, I think going forward, you you go with the two quarterback system. Um, you forget about kind of red shirt. Honestly, you don't really care about 2021 or 2022 right now. Uh, this is a big game, a big year for IU. You Start out the year 3 uh, 0 and get back to a bowl game. And if you go to a bowl game this year, that's three and four years. Now, instead of talking about bowl droughts, uh, fans, uh, so called experts, uh, national people will say, oh, this is the end of one. It has, you know, it went to bowl games three out of the last four years, and that's becoming the expectation. So, yeah, not many concerns other than. This is, it, this is a classic trap game. It's a new game. Ball State travels really well. I don't know if people watch the Ball State-Notre Dame game, but it looks like there are a lot of red uh, in the seats up in South Bend for a team visiting uh, Notre Dame. And, and whenever they've come to Bloomington, they've traveled really well. A lot of respect for those Ball State folks who who come down to, to Bloomington. But IU needs to... IU need to focus. It's, it's one of those sleepy noon games. Uh, hopefully, I heard a rumor that there's another hurricane in the Carolinas and, and it might come to Indiana. I don't know. I'm sick of rain. I need some sun. Uh, so hopefully, right now the forecast is for 84 and sunny. Uh, hopefully that stays true, and we could get a good, clean game before uh, heading into uh, Big Ten fight. All right, TJ keys the game.
1: Uh, what the is first your first one- for you. Yeah, yeah for, me, for me, is going to be, uh, can the Indiana running game back up the performance that we saw against Virginia? Uh, for me, that's twofold. Number one, it's going to be the offensive line. And number two, it's going to be Steve Scott. And who can step up as a second or third running back? Uh, hopefully, you can get a nice rotation of guys that can get the job done. Uh, that means the coaches need to find a couple guys that they can trust with the ball in their hands, um, and then whoever those players end up being that they can produce. Um, I, I mean, Stevie Scott looks like the real deal. It did not look like a fluke. Uh, moves his feet very well for a guy his size. He's patient. He's elusive, powerful, falls forward. Reminds me of Jordan Howard.
0: Remind, but, reminds yeah, me a little true. bit of Jordan Howard, power running. You know, he, he wasn't going to bust out a lot of 40-yard runs now Stevie Scott had, had a couple, uh, but he always got the, those five, six yards, fell forward, very rarely got hit for a loss. I think Stevie Scott lost about four yards uh, the other night. So, yeah, yep. he, he's been impressive.
1: Yeah, so, but like you said, game uh... – that's just not realistic for hardly any player to do throughout the entire college football season as the Big Ten East, uh, but particularly a true freshman. So IU has got to find other guys that can help carry the load. Uh, and I, I think the offense needs to be a little careful with how they use Mike Maget because right now, every time Majette comes in the game, the defense knows it's a pass. I mean, it is an automatic tell when he comes in. It's for pass block. Uh, and that's that's fine, but you've got to diversify some, and I'm sure the offensive staff is aware of that uh, and will make that adjustment. I mean, that's, I'm not, you know, giving away any state secret there. Um, so, I'm looking to see, can the run game kind of sustain the dominance that they showed against Virginia? Because uh, if you could do it two weeks in a row, it starts to become something you can trust.
0: Definitely. It's it's something you can trust and, you know, that you can build on it, especially going into right. the Penn season and, and ending September on a strong note. Uh, my first key to the game is you've got to clean up mistakes. Uh, you've got to start fast and clean up those mistakes on special teams. Uh, and, you know, maybe you take the ball on offense this time. Uh, the the, uh, the first drive kind of set the tone. Uh a little early against Virginia, maybe you give the offense a chance to get to get an early lead and not play from behind. Uh, but if they do end up winning toss and, and playing on defense, I, I think getting a a stop on that first drive is going to be key to how this game goes on Saturday.
1: Second, yeah, I, of the, game, you know, the, yeah the tone of this game is going to be important because. Uh, I know that the Ball State fans remember, I don't know about the players, but I know the Ball State fans will remember that they've won three out of four, uh, you know, in this series. And I, I know for darn sure that IU fans remember it. Uh, and it's something that we're kind of sick of dealing with. Um, so if I, I can, I feel confident speaking for, um, for quite a few IU fans in saying that, uh, you know, this is a game that, um, you know, we want Indiana to come out, uh, establish themselves pretty early, and uh, and leave no doubt here. Um, so, uh, I would very much appreciate if the Hoosiers could uh, kind of turn this into a uh, a comfortable afternoon. Uh, second key of the game for me is going to be uh, on the defensive side. Uh, I want to see Indiana get after Riley Neal. Uh, that doesn't have to be sacks, but uh, I think if you can force ball status and negative plays, um, you're typically to come from uh, you know come against the running or the against the quarterback getting sacks or uh, you know maybe in the running game it means getting penetration and getting a loss, so tackles for loss, those havoc plays for the defense. Uh, I think if you can get this ball state offense behind the chains, off schedule. Uh, they would have a hard time coming back from that with Indiana's secondary, and I think you'd force a lot of uh, a lot of punts from all state, um, which, you know, in good weather conditions, Jason Harris, of course, is a weapon back there. So um, I want to see Indiana's defense, whether that's the linebackers, uh, defensive ends, the tackles, maybe a, a safety coming on a blitz or – However, it's manufactured. I want to see some uh, some good havoc plays for this defense. Force Ball State off schedule uh, and make Riley Neal uh, and those receivers beat what is a pretty good Indiana secondary.
0: Yeah, my second t- key to the game goes uh, along with that, and it's going to be takeaways. Uh, takeaways are the great equalizer in in the game of football. So. Prevent, not turning the ball over. IU is plus two on turnover margin this year. They forced to the take away in each game after only getting uh, 13 a year ago. They're already up to four. There were a couple balls on the ground uh, for Virginia that IU could have jumped on, didn't. Uh, maybe one or two of them didn't have a chance uh, that there was no IU player there. But if you could not turn the ball over against Ball State, and give them fewer chances to score points. Now Ball State did force three takeaways last week. They only scored three points off of that. Uh, but to give your offense a little bit of confidence to to handle the ball uh, and keep the ball off the ground, and, and they've done that pretty well uh, through games one and two. And, and then taking the ball away, uh, it, I'm hoping it's a big crowd. This is uh, you know the weather's supposed to be good. I use two and O. Oh. You could start 3-0. and uh, Although it's a noon game, it should be a big crowd. It'll energize that crowd. The stadium seems a little bit louder this year with the enclosed end zones, keeping the noise in. So, takeaways is my second key to the game. Uh, you kind of touched on it, your matchup to watch, TJ, uh, with the IU secondary and, and the passing game for Ball State. Is that your matchup to watch?
1: Yeah, I think you could go there. You could go with uh, you know IU's receivers versus Ball State secondary, uh, and you could go with the uh, you know the Hoosiers' offensive line against Ball State's D line. But uh, I think I will go with uh, IU secondary against the uh, Riley Neal and the Ball State wideouts. Um, when you have a guy that's completing only 57.5% of his passes, I know it's a small sample size, but that's what college football is all sample. Um, so when you have a guy completing that low of a percentage, you would expect that he's com- you know trying a lot of deep passes. Uh, his yards per average there are only 5.5 yards of uh, attempt. So uh, to me, that says that uh, either one, he's kind of due for a really accurate day or two, there's a, a big opportunity for the Hoosier secondary to, uh, to force him into a rough day. Particularly if that pass rush can, uh, can create some negative, obvious passing down situations.
0: Uh, he, Riley Neal, did complete seventy percent of his passes against Central Connecticut State, only forty-six against uh, Notre Dame. So, you know, it's his accuracy probably falls, you know, somewhere uh, between seventy and and forty-six. So, uh, we'll see. My matchup to watch. Is probably the same as yours. It's, it's Riley Neal uh, against the back seven for Indiana. He can run a little bit too, uh, and just getting them into passing downs, knocking, making plays on the ball, knocking down uh, passes, and making the tackle. It was difficult on Saturday to judge how many times the guys slipped off yeah. the tackles because yeah. of the weather and, and and things like that. So uh, we'll see. I I really. Really think that it, Riley, stopping Riley Neal is, is the key to this game, uh, and, and not letting them get uh, two-dimensional. If they, if I you can keep them one-dimensional, uh, like they did Virginia, I used to walk away uh, with the win. Uh, prediction time, TJ. What is your prediction for Saturday?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Indiana, take it home this one, uh, 35-17. So 35-17, and 18-point win for the Hoosiers. I'm not predicting a made field goal because I have zero confidence in that phase of the game right now. Uh, but I will go with all made extra points on the five touchdowns that the Hoosiers get. Uh, I like uh, I IE's like offense in this matchup, um, and I like what I've seen in general from the offense overall. Uh, so I, I, think, uh, I think the Hoosiers have a good offensive day. This is not a walkover. Uh, I think we have we both in agreement there that uh, you know the Ball State that is on the field this year is going to be a significantly better product than what they had last year due to uh, some major major injury issues. So this is not an easy one. Uh, it is a very important game for Indiana to win. It's a very important game for Ball State for sure, uh, as well as it is any time you get on the field with the Big Ten opponent, especially your in-state rival. So it, it's a big one on Saturday, but I like IU's offense uh, to to do very well, and then uh, the Ball State offense I think will get uh, will get some nice plays, but I think Indiana's defense overall does enough to give IU a, a somewhat comfortable victory. Uh, it won't be a blowout, though. I think Ball State will do enough to hang around for a while. Yeah, right now
0: IU's 0 and 2 against the spread uh, this season. The spread for this game is 14-and-a-half. Yes, yeah, barely. Just barely, Owen. too. So if you're betting IU in the points, you got to be frustrated. Um, IU, I think, matches up well. It's another game under the belt of these young guys. We saw the improvements that they've made from week one to week two. They're only going to get better. Uh, the weather is supposed to be better, so it should be conducive to more offense. I think Ball State does put up some points. James Gill they're just too good not to score. Um, so I'm going to go IU uh, 34, Ball State uh, 20, and you get that backdoor cover maybe um, on this. It's going to be a dogfight, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. This is These are the games that, that you like to watch. We saw a Mac team knock off the Big Ten team uh, last week uh, in Eastern Michigan, Purdue, so you cannot take these teams lightly. And, uh, you know, this is a this is going to be a tough ball state team. They're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, these in-state matchups are always always tough because you have guys on ball state who wanted an offer from Indiana, didn't get it, feel uh, insulted, uh, maybe they carry that into the game. And they play just that much harder uh, against the big in-state Big Ten teams, uh, and will make it difficult. But I do think. You know, is a better team on paper, uh, and if they play well, I'm going to go 34-20, and they start Big Ten play 3-0 with a night game against Michigan State on September 22nd. All right, guys, TJ, thanks for, for joining me, and have a wonderful Monday evening, and hopefully the sun comes out sometime this week.
1: Absolutely. Same to uh, you and all of our listeners. Hope, uh, hope everyone has a good week, and uh, is able to uh, either be in attendance on Saturday or watch on TV and join us for all of our post-game coverage.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, head to
1: HoosierHuddle.com for all your
0: updates on IU Hoosier football. Uh, we have our notes and quotes from Tom Allen up uh, already this evening. Hey, follow us on Twitter at, HoosierHuddle. Uh, at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, don't forget to print out your bingo cards for this week or save them on your phone. we we'll however you want to do it, and do not forget to send them in. You cannot win if you don't send them in. Uh, so send them in. Uh, we had five winners uh, in week one. If we one winner so far last week. We sent them in. Uh, so please, please send them in uh, so you can get rewarded. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week on Monday to recap the IU Ball State game and preview Indiana-Michigan State in the battle for the old brass platoon.